Hi, I'm Paul Listick, and welcome to Behind the Curtain. Good day, everybody. Welcome to Paul Lesnick Behind the Curtain, uh, a great podcast where we get to explore wonderful theater and all sorts of things that aren't politics, which you see me do on WGN TV day in and day out. So very excited we get to talk about this. And, you know, what show would actually be singing about love developing in hot dog water? I can only think of one, and uh, hopefully you can, too. It's Second City. Uh, and its current mainstay show is called Together at Last, which makes a lot of sense because we have not been together for a very long time. And joining me now are two stars of the show. It's an ensemble group, but two of the stars of the show and the director of the show. Join me to talk about this fabulous thing. It was so good to get back out there. Uh, joining me, director Annalise Toft, uh, who, by the way, this is her first main stage review that she's directing. Uh, you've seen her do lots of other things in the city, other Second City reviews and um, uh, lyric opera and all sorts of uh, in a Second City collaboration. Also joining us, uh, the ensemble players. We have Adam Schreck, uh, who I've actually seen in a lot of other uh, of the Second City shows as well. He's just great. And we'll find out why his Instagram is called Is This a Bug? And Sarah Delamico, uh, originally from South Florida, which she calls a dumpster fire of a state. Oh, I won't ask you why that is the case, but I'm not here to start up with you. Um, anyway, welcome to all of you. And uh, Adam, let me start with you just because I have I mean, I've actually interviewed you before. We've talked about these shows before. Tell us about um, together at last, what it means to be together at last. It's been a long time. It has, yeah. Um, it, it's it's really really nice. Um, it, we certainly missed it. You know, fourteen months is a long time to uh, not be doing the job that you you so um, you know you work so hard to get and that you love so very much. And you know, we weren't sure whether or not we were ever going to make it back, or if we did, you know, no indication of what exactly theater would look like when we came back. Um, so, it, it, you know, it's just so nice to walk out there every night and see people, whether masked or not. Um, you know, it, it's just nice to have them in the room again. Um, and hopefully, as you know, we get continue to grow more vaccinated and things like that, more people will be able to enter the room. And then maybe someday down the line, those masks will come off. But in the meantime, it's just nice to have everybody there laughing again. And, you know, I'll tell you something. As somebody who's a big theater goater like I am, you know what? So wear your darn mask. Who cares? And, um, you know, and, uh, you know, you check your vaccination because that's the way things are today. Um, but if you want to enjoy theater and get back into it, that's just the price of doing it. It didn't bother me. I don't think it bothered anybody else that night. And, uh, Sarah, let me just ask you also on that night I was there. It was opening night. But the first several rows were, were kept clear uh, in terms of tables and stuff. Uh, my understanding is that was an equity thing. But does that remain the case today? It's there's still that distance, uh, whereas ordinarily we'd be right up on the stage with you. Um, there's still a, a little bit of distance. It's not nearly as big of a pit as it, as it is now. The uh, the amount of distance that audience has to be from the stage has been changing as COVID cases go down. So I think now there's only about two rows that are empty in front of us, so people are able to get a lot closer now. Gotcha. I'll have to come back. Annalise, you, du- you direct this craziness that's on stage. Talk about 
about sort of the, the the concept of doing that? Because, of course, so many of these scenes are in many ways disconnected. Uh, we're going to play another little clip in a moment just to, you know, but in other words, they don't necessarily relate to each other. But often there is kind of an overarching theme that Second City productions have. Right. And so talk about directing that and making sure it all comes together for the audience. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, so every Second City review, obviously, it comes from the cast and what they're interested in writing about. And then kind of what we call is like our, our seventh ensemble member is the audience and what they respond to. So every night we go out and we test different scenes in front of the audience. We see what gets a laugh. We make adjustments based on that. And so then what we start to see is the weeks go on and what people are responding to and what the cast is interested in producing. You'll start to see sort of themes emerge that honestly usually speak to the zeitgeist or sort of what our collective consciousness is feeling in the moment. And then we start to have discussions about that and we, we pull it together. So you'll see in this show, there's a lot of improvisation where we use suggestions from the audience that are projected on the wall. And that's really coming from this sort of like theme that we talked about of connectivity. We can't come out into the audience. We can't bring the audience up on stage, but we're looking for ways to feel connected to them and connected to each other as we're discussing all the things that are happening in the world right now and finding the funny in them. The one thing that we, you know, we know is a through line is that we all wish we could be more together. I hear you. And, and, and Adam, one of the things, so I was too busy babbling with friends before I came in on opening night. That's the problem of press nights. We all know each other. Um, but when I came in, it became clear that I had missed the opportunity to text in various phrases, various things. This is what Annalise was just talking about. Um, and then you guys use those. Can you talk a little bit about that process so that people who are, will be more on time than, than I was in terms of, because you really want to walk in there a little bit early before the show starts, what it is they're doing. And then give me an example of, of how you guys play with it because it's very clear uh, when there's the group of you stuck on an island and stuff, something gets put up on a screen that you've got to talk about. And my guess is, as Annalise says, that's improv because you ain't ready for that. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, we're unaware of what any of the suggestions will be until they appear on that screen. Um, But yeah, to your point, when you come into the theater, there's a a piece of paper um, on the the table toppers um, in front of your table. Um, They give you directions and a phone number to text with various different prompts of things like um, locations that you'd like to go or countries that you'd like to visit or uh, movies, celebrities, things like that. And ultimately, all of those texts um, go into sort of like a generator for our stage manager who pulls from there um, to throw up onto the screen. But, yeah, there, there's an example to what you were talking about. There's a, a scene that we have called Float. We're all sort of stranded on a life raft together. Um, and we're trying to discover what is it that connects us, what's the connective tissue, why are all six of us stranded together. And that is an example of just sort of a random thing. That can almost be anything at all. Um, there's no sort of particular bucket for that that goes up onto a screen um, that we then have to figure out a way to sort of almost like telephone style connect from one to the other in regards to that suggestion. And- I love watching that because you can just see as an audience member, um, you can see the way you are looking at each other, watching each other as each of you is trying to figure out how you tap off of the person before you or where you can take it. Or the night I, w- I was there, one of the cast members decided to change <laughs> the take that they had because something better occurred to them. It, that's really the, the great fun part of the evening. And of course, you know, to think you guys don't avoid current issues. So yes, obviously the whole notion of being together is there, but, but another issue came up that, uh, uh but because I cover politics, I wanted to play a little bit of that for our listeners. So here we go. So you better sing it. You can't ignore it. It's a wretched. It really happened. It's a wretched. And they 
And Annalise, so I got to tell you, when you come in to direct something like that, I mean, look, we live in a polarized environment, maybe Chicago, not so much. So the night I was there, that that bit went over very well. But sort of curious as a director, do you do you look at various bits and you think we got to be careful with this one or no, who cares? It's 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 improv. It's fun. Um, I'd say a little bit of both. We are, we're careful with it, but we don't, we're not going to pull the punches and not try it. One of the great things about being able to try scenes in front of the audience is we'll throw up the most challenging satirical content and we see what the audience relates to. But I think one of the things that we discovered during this process, especially honestly, as the Delta variant came in, is that people are getting more anxious. And what they, you could tell by what they were laughing at, that they really were coming to the theater for an escape, for the most part. They wanted kind relationship scenes. And so we had to find satirical scenes when we wanted to speak to politics, like that wonderful song that you just played, that uh, Jordan Savusa sings, uh, <laughs> where he is a wedding DJ who's po- uh, who is not getting paid by his uncle. And therefore, I'm, I'm spoiling the scene a little bit, but is therefore, uh, the joke is that... Uh, he's going to reveal in front of everybody that they were at the insurrection. Like, there's something so silly and playful about, you know, it's the electric slide. It's at a wedding. We have so much distance. It's not like we're setting a scene right at the insurrection. So it allows us to find, like, humor and ridiculousness and absurdity that lets us comment on these things. Um, you know, there's another great scene that um, about... Biden that Sarah and Adam actually wrote that uh, I don't want us to spoil too much about it, but we had to really work to find the right level of jokes that the audience was willing to swallow so we could be satirical because we didn't want to ignore the world around us, but we still wanted to give people that funny and that fun and that escape so they could leave having laughed and enjoyed themselves. We don't want to just lecture them. We want to give them a good time and also make them think a little bit. And you, I'm going to come to Sarah, but Adam, since since she invoked your name, let me come back to you for a moment, because you're a fun person to watch during a scene like that, because in there you kind of develop this character of, you know, you're clearly not one of the January 6th insurrectionists. You have this face of what the heck is going on here. So when a scene like that is going on, what as an actor, what goes through your mind? Do you have to decide what is my character going to be for this moment before we get on to the next scene? Who am I? And that changes from scene to scene. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. For sure. Um, I mean, something like that, that was just sort of like, you know, Jordan had this idea. It started with just Jordan. Um, and then the idea came into like, well, maybe we add everyone there, the people that he's speaking about in that particular scene. Um, and that's the sort of the challenge of like, well, I have a general idea of someone who was at the insurrection. I have an idea of who that person is in my head. Um, obviously, I don't want to lean too far into that. Um, it's got to keep it fun and we got to keep it light sort of the way that Annalise was speaking. Um, but yeah, that's sort of the challenge of from moment to moment. Like, you know, the, the scene immediately prior to that in the show, I'm a, a sort of a loving, attentive father who just wants to connect to the son. And then, you know, the three scenes later, I'll be Joe Biden. Um, so it is fun in those moments to try and find the small details because you do want to keep it fresh and you do want to keep it fun for the audience and you want to stretch those acting muscles a little bit too and find ways to make each little character um, still feel like you but uh, different enough so it's not like well yeah we've seen you do this already before yeah. Sarah, in your bio, which is sort of fun because if people are reading these vows before they start, one of the things you include is your Venmo handle. And of course, and of course, some people would go, why would she? That's interesting. Why would she do that? And of course, I, I'm not sure where the credit for this goes, but I, when I think of that little concept, my mind goes out to your, your co-star Asia, I think, with regard to that, because she makes kind of that's sign of a her thing throughout the course of the show. Was that the impetus for that bit? 
Um, well, Asia getting paid is reparation, so I think that is way more important than tipping me on Venmo. That's more of, I was unemployed for 14 months. Um, and if you like the job we did, you can go ahead and throw us some extra money. But I say 100% go ahead and send Asia M15 on Venmo um, <laughs> for uh, her hard work. Yeah. Well, of course, my point was, it was just that, yes, everybody's come out of a hard time. But the point is that concept when you read it in the program or it's the bio, but then it is incorporated in a different way. But there it is in the show, at least in my mind, I made a tie. I thought it was kind of a theme running through it all, Sarah, but maybe it's not a thing. No, I think it's just um, just trying to make some extra money. <laughs> I think it's. It, uh, I think Asia. Uh, there's no theme connected with my with my bio and and uh, Asia's amazing song. Um, I'm I'm just trying to um, pay for my my car. That's, gotcha. that's, really, uh, that's really where I'm coming from. Fair enough. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm glad I asked about that because, you see, I try and connect everything in my mind, and sometimes things are just the way they are. Um, mm-hmm. One of the other great things, Annalise, that these guys throughout the course of night, and I think part of uh, one of the Asia Asia bits, if you will, uh, is you pick out people in the audience, and um, or they pick out people in the audience. And I'm just curious, Annalise, any guidance from you as a director? Because you got to be kidding. The night I was there, everybody was fun. It all worked. But I imagine these guys have to be careful about picking something that doesn't work. And do you have any direction? for them when you say, hey, if you pick the quote-unquote wrong person, whatever that might mean, what do they do? Oh, I mean, I, I think there's some direction for me, but I think by the time, you know, these wonderful actors hit the main stage, they've had enough experience on the road during touring company or a lot of them performed on cruise ships learning how to spot a good audience member. I think part of it is that we build our um, audience participation bits to be really bulletproof, which we really love because then if you're an audience member participating in them, there's really no wrong answer because we're ready to roll with anything, right? If you say yes, we've got an, we've got a response. If you say no, we've got a response. If you doesn't matter what city you say you're from, when we ask you where you're from, we've got a response. We've built them to be sort of improvisationally. It's almost like a little choose your own adventure mechanic. So we know exactly how we're going to respond no matter what the audience says. So we're always prepared and we're always in control. Um, and I do have conversations with the cast when we have those audience participation bits to make sure that we've built it to be that protected. But I think you can ask the actors. I think they also have gotten pretty good at when they're in the background of a scene, a few scenes before looking out there and trying to make sure they're going to find somebody who uh, looks like maybe they're not quite too intoxicated and has kind eyes. Let's, let's <laughs> test it out, Sarah. Is that true? That was. Is that true? In other words, Sorry. you are doing that. You're looking out there. You're looking to see who's going to work. Oh, I'm very open to no matter what you throw at me, I will go ahead and uh, if you're if you're way out of control, then I say okay, thank you, bye, and I move on to the next person. But in our last review, I went out into the into the audience, and I've always been a uh, a big supporter. And uh, you can ask Annalise. I'm like, I wish I could go out into the house so much. I love audience interaction. <laughs> it's always different every single night. And even if you're a little tipsy, um, I can play with that, or I can make the choice to just move on to somebody else. And you could definitely look around and go, oh, okay, I'm going to avoid this person. Um, but if sometimes that's the only person that you're able to go to, given the prompts that you're, you're asking for audiences, you just you know that they are coming to your house. This is, this is our theater, and you are a guest, and I'm going to treat you with the most respect that you have also treated me with. Um, and I, 
I love it. I love any kind of challenge with the audience because it never feels like that for me. It's always just so much joy because when you're talking to one person in the audience, it feels like you're talking to everybody because everybody is rooting for that one person that you're talking to. Well, and I got to say, watching you do that work, I, you're amazing. It, 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 it's hysterical. It's funny. I'm envious at that skill of being able to just, you know, walk that line with people and, and maybe even sometimes look like you're crossing it, but it just works. And it's just so funny. Uh, before we run out of time, Adam, let me just ask you, do you have a preference? You are Second City. Do you have a preference for saying, I love the improv moments when the thing goes up on the wall or the audience member yells out or something? Or do you like the scripted moments, so quote unquote scripted, but that you've written, you've prepared, you've worked on? Is there a favorite for you? Well, that's a difficult question because I I love them I love them both so much I I do I think it's fair to say that I have a writer's brain and I do really enjoy writing and, and I love the success of knowing that something that I started with in front of my computer ends up becoming a, a joke on stage that like works so like seeing that like oh that just started as nothing and now it's here um, I, I like watching that journey and I like refining and I like editing. And I like the challenge, too, of being like, no, there is something here. This four pages can become something good if I just keep reworking it, reworking it, reworking it. So I do really enjoy that a lot. I also do love the improv, and, I, and I'm very pleased that we have a show that allows us to do both. The improv is sort of what keeps it fresh every night because, um, you know, eventually by the time you're done, you may have run some of these scenes 200 times. Um, you know, which any theater actor would say that, like, you have to find the ways to find it original and, and fun and fresh for you every night. Um, so the improv is sort of just like the lifeblood that gets you, like, back into it and excited every night when you walk out there so that you can reinvest into sort of the, the pre-written scenes. Um, but I do love that I have a job right to do both. Well, you guys are absolutely amazing. Adam Shrek, Sarah Delamico, for the work you're doing on stage. Congratulations to you, Annalise Toff, directing this this amazing work is so fun. I, I, you know, I plan to come back again. The great thing about Second City is you never see the same show twice. So Second City Together at Last is in an open run. That's the good news, but it is holiday time. So if ever you want to take the family, this is the time to do it and go check it out. Uh, Second City, 230 West North Avenue, of course, in Piper's Alley over there. And just go to secondcity.com. Um, you can park right there. It's really easy. Dinner in the neighborhood. It works great. Thank you all for your time. Fabulous show. Look forward to seeing it again. And I look forward to the next review with you guys as well. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Paul. Thank Thanks, you. Paul. Oh, and that great music, I'll tell you. If, if you've seen this show once or maybe a hundred times, you kind of go, wait a minute, I know that music, I know that music. And that's because it is thematic music from Blue Man Group, which has been playing well over 20 years now in Chicago. Had a little hiatus like everything else did. Uh, and we did a special with them when they when they hit, uh, I think, that special 20th anniversary. Got to visit with those guys. And I've talked to them on the podcast before, but I thought now that Blue Man Group is back, we should visit again for a little bit. So joining me is Tom Galassi, but, you know, we all call him boomer everybody calls him boomer so i'm gonna call you boomer and it's good to talk to you and welcome back to the stage boomer thank you so much it's been thrilling when did we talk last i remember but i can't it was well we talked it was it was the beginning of 
Well, it, well, the TV thing we did, well, I, I'm who knows track of time with COVID. I have no idea anymore. But the TV thing was probably about four years ago. We did do a podcast thing once back then, too, as kind of a new, uh, a lot of new bits had been added into the show and stuff. And so we chatted. Glad that I sunk into your memory so well, Boomer, but that's okay. So you, you are one of them blue men on stage. You are indeed a captain uh, of the blue man group. So let me ask you, for people that say, oh, I've seen, and I've, I've dealt with that, right? It's open. And some people say, I can't wait to go back. And others said, no. I've seen the show. They need to know that, yes, there are some similar bits, but two things I need you to address. There are new bits, but number two, everything is COVID safe now. That's right. We started working back in May <clears throat> over Zoom calls, and we thought, this is, we're coming back, which was uh, surprising, and we were all super thrilled. We didn't know what was going on like everybody else. And so we decided to take this opportunity to put together a kind of a, a mashup of the best of classic blue man bits plus three new bits that aren't in any other blue man show haven't been in any other blue man show in the world and with this new version we have more audience participation than we've ever had before and it's just a really exciting fun evening with people and we have taken all these precautions like we the blue men wear clear face shields when we're dealing with the audience um all the audience has to wear a mask unless you're you know drinking something um So we really worked hard to make sure that it is safe as possible. And people are really having a great time. You can tell that we've all been locked up for a year or so or really haven't been anywhere. People (laughs) are just having a blast. And so are we. And, of course, some of the classic bits, the Captain Crunch munching, if people have seen the show. I just assume everybody's seen the show at least once. I'm wrong, but 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 you'd think so. But the Captain Crunch, some of that classic stuff, it's still there. Um, and playing with those instruments, using piping and stuff, the, the artwork, all that stuff is there. Because, you know, it works in a pre- or post-COVID environment, Boomer. Right. And, and there's some things that just are blue man. There are a few bits that we ha- that are so classic that we, that we must keep in and you must see in person. Even if you've seen it on YouTube or on television, or you've seen it live before, um, it, it, like, you, you know, it's always different every night that audience member, we, the audience, we sort of say is the fourth blue man because they decide kind of how the show is going to go each night with their energy. And has there been any changeover? You've been there, you, you know, so any other blue men, anybody changed out as a result of COVID or is it the old team back in force? Pretty much the old team is back. And, you know, the performers here have been, we've all been doing it 15 to 25 years at this point. All the people that play the blue men and, and all the people in the band. So I feel like, uh, I feel like we know what we're doing, <laughs> but to exercise that muscle again after that long was, was really fun and interesting to do to be in front of people like that again um it feels just like this real communal experience um you know people are wearing masks and we only communicate with our eyes so we can only see people's eyes and all of a sudden the audience has become like blue men they become like us and we're all just focused in on each other's eyes it's funny you say that because I feel like I get more facial communication from you. Maybe it is all about the eyes. That, that may be true. Hey, what did you do for this year and a half when things were shut down? I mean, you know, I know that a lot of a lot of actors will put you in the category of just act performer, but but uh, you know, oh, I'm a waiter, I'm this and that. But you know, Blue Man Group, way too many performances do that. What did you do? How'd you fill your time? Well, we actually went down and lived with my parents for a few months and got to spend time with my family, and then came back to Chicago. And I did, I just did a lot of writing. I did a lot of working with a microphone, trying to stay creative 
and just waiting this thing out. Um, you know, tried to look for jobs. There weren't many floating around. So we just sort of just stayed inside and I, I tried to stay as creative as possible. And, um, you know, edit and make things and do little little fake broadcasts on my own. Um, so, yeah, you, you, and then you when could, this thing came you, back, you, you, it, it was a surprise. You couldn't be a maitre d' because when you're in your blue, you can't talk. So uh, <laughs> can't do that in the blue. And But tell people about that, by the way, because I, I know you guys visit. I'm assuming you still do come out after the show and visit. I was there on, on opening night, but I had to go fairly quickly afterwards. I was going to say hi to you. But but anyway, so is it still the thing where, where you will come out, whatever, but people need to know when you're in blue, you can't talk. When we did our TV special, which, by the way, is still airing on Comcast Channel 100 and is available on demand, we brought it back when you guys reopened. So you're, you're on television once again, Boomer. You may not have known that. Um, oh, that's but, great. But, I didn't um, know that. Yeah. So, but, but the, you, when we did the special, you had you couldn't be in your makeup. You were not allowed to talk to me if you were in your blue. That's right. And, and actually, right now, currently, we're not meeting the audience afterwards, just as a safety thing. And we hope to bring that back soon. But no, when we're in the blue, we're not we're not talking. Um. It's it's almost sacred in a way. We take the thing very seriously, and that's what makes it so funny. And, of course, one of the great bits that is still there, was there before, I don't care how many times I see it, at least what it looks like. I don't know what, there must be something magical going on, but that bit of shooting marshmallows uh, in into the blue man's mouth where we end up, I hope I'm not ruining anything, but we end up with about 8 million marshmallows in your mouth. Uh, and I know I've asked you this before, I've asked you this in the TV show, but are they like regular marshmallow? I mean, the aiming, the whatever, that, I don't even know how it's done. Is there something magical? Well, I, or it's which, just, you're just that good. Well, it's, it's almost like a circus act that you have to train for. Well, it is like a circus act. And when I started back in 97, we would rehearse that hours, hours a day. And, you know, try not to choke. And then it just becomes a skill, a very rare and specific skill that you learn. And, you know, like I always say, like, when my mom sees the show, she's like, oh, I wish you wouldn't do that. <laughs> like, yeah, well, it's part of it. <laughs> it's well, fantastic. It, it, the good doesn't news- really translate to, it doesn't translate to other uh, employment. It's very specific to Blue Man. I don't know. Now my mind is turning. I can see, you know, over at WGN, I think we've got room for a marshmallow catching uh, man. I can see that. Or a woman. Well, I can come, I can come down and teach you guys. All right. We're going <laughs> yeah, oh, to need four hours a day for, for a few months. If you guys have that time, I'd be happy to come down. We should have done that during COVID. That's when we missed our window. Yeah, and, uh, and, and of course, for our special, you taught me how to play the kind of the, the vibaphone or whatever that thing was. Uh, we got to play with that. But uh, yeah, I should have done the marshmallow thing. How cool would that have been? I do want people to know, Boomer, that um, while everybody else is going to try and take a little rest during the holidays, you're not. Uh, and expanded, and I'll, I'll put this uh, on the website as well, but expanded performances, three New Year's Eve performances. I guess you won't be drinking until well after midnight. Uh, no, yeah, three New Year's Eve performances, and those performances have special endings. We do some New Year's Eve celebrations and uh, some songs, some new songs. Um, we're going to actually ring in the New Year so the audience can stick around and listen to the band uh, jam for a few minutes. And then the Blue Men will come out and try to ring in the New Year with the audience on that 10 p.m. show. And also on the two earlier shows, there's a little thing afterwards just to kind of celebrate. We, we rehearsed it the other day, and it was, uh, it was very moving. And I, I know that there's the 4 and 7 p.m. shows on that day are kid-friendly, um, which is why I will be at the later one, But, uh, but uh, which is good. Oh, and you, you have a special coming. performance. Of, 
Uh, well, I'm going to I'm going to try and get, you know, I live just down the block from you. So that that, that may very well work. It's why I'm always passing by and saying hi to various people as they're in and out with my dogs as I walk by. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, so, but let me ask you, it, it does indicate there's a special performance of Auling Zine, but you can't sing. So what is, can you tell me what that means or is it a secret? Well, we can, we can sing through the pipes, but um, usually we've done this before in the past and the audience sings along and uh, we'll have some, uh, we'll have some streamers, some special effects and, and sort of really change the environment in there. Um, and when we've done it in the past, it's always been, super moving and i'm always surprised just to see a, a whole big group of people singing along and there's a sincerity in the air and um i'm looking forward to it especially this year after the year or so that everyone's had i think it's going to be a really uh, special moment this year absolutely and i have to ask you whether this is a covid a covid thing or an environmental thing so i think i can mention this but the use of toilet paper i won't say what it is but the use of toilet paper near the end of the show seems to be replaced by streamers is there a reason for that or it just is or maybe just the night i was there i think that a lot of it was an environmental thing i mean when we used to do it there was so much paper and it was recycled but we got to thinking we've got to we got to we always move with the times and we thought this is very wasteful and can we get this effect can we get this overwhelming like excitement without a thousand rolls of toilet paper every show no and so that's what we decided to do right for people who haven't seen the show they have no idea what we're talking about so (laughs) i won't give it away but you know you don't have to know because you're not getting toilet paper you're gonna you're gonna get uh you're gonna get some streamers and some other things uh well boomer tom you know go ahead Oh, sorry. We, we wanted to be a little bit more sustainable. So we've added, you know, some lasers and some different lighting effects and, and mist. And so you really do get that feeling without having to, you know, use all of that paper like we used to. Exactly. I still have some because I keep props and stuff in my house. Uh, actually, I still have one of the pictures. I've got drumsticks. I got all sorts of things from you guys. Um, hey, if people want to come see you, you want to share the website with them where they can get tickets and come see you maybe even on New Year's Eve. Yeah, I just found out that we have a promo code. So if you go to blueman.com, and the promo code is SAVE20, S-A-V-E-20, and that will get you 20% off your purchase, your ticket purchases. So, yeah, we have... And I wanted you to be able to say that. That is wonderful. Yeah. And that includes New Year's Eve, maybe? Oh, no, maybe other shows, right? Not New Year's Eve, I wouldn't think. You know what? I don't know. It might. I'm not sure. I, it, it'll all stay on the website, what's, what's happening. Um, but all right. I know it's safe 20. Yeah. Well, it's Blue Man Group. Go to blueman.com. Boomer, Tom, Boomer, Galassi, good to talk to you. Captain of the Blue Men and uh, one of the great Blue Men. Always good to talk to you. Uh, I've gotten to know you over the years, and it's just been wonderful. Good luck. Uh, continue into a great run. You are currently in an open run, so I know I'm going to see you again, if not New Year's Eve, sometime soon. Thank you, my friend. And we'll go out playing a little bit more of that wonderful Blue Man music. Well, if you want to know more about what we've talked about here, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Paul Lisnick. That's P-A-U-L-L-I-S-N-E-K. And I'd love to hear your comments or topic suggestions for future podcasts. You can also go to my website, paullisnick.tv. And hey, don't forget to hit subscribe on WGN Plus and iTunes. And tune in each week to hear more Insider Scoop coming to you from Behind the Curtain.